Alright, we are on now. Hello, and welcome to Conversation with a Socialist. I am with, what was your name again? Lebeau. Lebeau Le- Le- okay, and you are the uh, chair, chairman of the Green Party of Florida? Co-chair, yes. Co-chair. Uh, who's the other person? Robin Harris is my, uh, is my co-chair. Oh, okay. Uh, how long have you been a Green Party member? I've been a Green Party member since early 2017. Hmm. And uh, what, well, what, in, uh, what, uh, what, what brought you to the Green Party? Um, I, uh, largely the 2016 election, uh, as it was for a lot of people. I was part of the uh, Bernie crowd that uh, watched what went on with the uh, Democratic National Convention and uh, started uh, campaigning for Jill. Mm. Um, I campaigned for Jill, got a group of people together, and um, we campaigned for Jill through the election and the community afterwards, and that eventually became the uh, Green Party of Palm Beach County. Mm. And that's uh, how I got involved in the state party. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, a big fan of uh, Brain, Brain myself in, uh, 20, when he first got in 2015. Um, then uh, realizing that uh, that all the major media outlets were not uh, covering him, they much rather cover a open a, a, a empty um, podium about uh, with the Trump in it. Um, then when I saw that uh, there was a um, a lawsuit uh, to sue the DNC for, uh, for uh, pretty much presenting or represented by the um, uh, or for I'm sorry for the Bernie people. Uh, or the people, supporters, I mean, uh, when when uh, they said that they were a private corporation and did not and did not have any obligation to inherit to their own bylaws, and they can uh, they they can essentially place in whatever whomever they want. And I'm like, okay, so people are still willing to support them, even though they blatantly in court under oath said that they are a corporation, private one, and Bernie had no had no chance anyway. And that's even more outrageous because here in the state of Florida, the two major parties have their presidential uh, primaries run and paid for by the state. So the idea that they don't need to adhere to them when, you know, the money works down on public coffers is disgusting. Yeah. Well, when I, when, when I found that out, and I realized that Bernie Sanders had been caucusing with him for I don't know how many years, that just told me he had to have known. Yep. You, don't with, you don't caucus with someone and, and not realize that they are a private corporation, yet still attempt to uh, you know claim, claim to be independent, win your races on, based on independency, but yet you still try to go for a private corporation's uh, presidential nomination. That doesn't make sense to me. So that kind of goes back to, uh, I'm not sure who said it first, but I first heard it from Howie Hawkins, by, by him saying that Bernie Sanders was basically a sheepdogging uh, progressives and leftists into the DNC. Uh, I heard that from uh, Lee Camp back in 2016 when Bernie was running. Who was that? Lee Camp. Lee Camp was the first person I had heard say that back in 2016 during hmm. the election. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, is there a, a, a ranked-choice voting movement down there? Um, so we do not have ranked-choice voting here in the state of Florida, but actually, so we have an, um, in the state of Florida, we don't have um, referendums. You can't um, just put something on the ballot to become a law, but you can modify the Constitution by a referendum. Mm-hmm. So we 
have a amendment on the uh, ballot coming up this this year uh, in November for jungle primaries. Um, okay, uh, that's what California has, are, right? Exactly, and it's horrible. They're horrible. Everyone is opposed to it. There's a one big money guy who was a uh, worked for uh, Rick Scott, the governor, governor hmm. now our senator, a hardcore Republican. Um, was involved in the biggest Medicaid fraud in history before he got elected. Um, one of his cronies started this campaign to do a, a, a amendment three, which would give us jungle primaries. For those who don't know, a jungle primary is basically you get rid of the primaries, you replace it with a pre-election where everyone who is qualified to run for the office would be put on one ballot, and then the top two people who leave that that so-called primary, which is actually just a pre-election, will then be the only two who are allowed to appear, appear on the general election ballot. Um, in the state of Florida, we're doing this for uh, state-level offices, like governor, lieutenant governor, things like that, and for state senators and state reps who try to do that, I should say. Mm. And I find that especially interesting because when people and Americans clamor for so-called open primaries, which this is not, they're talking about the presidential election, and this doesn't even address that. So um, I've got here a piece of literature. Actually, our local, our statewide Green Party and our statewide Libertarian Party are working together on a campaign to oppose um, Amendment 3 and use the opportunity to promote ranked choice voting. Mm. No choice of ranked choice voting will happen this cycle, but um, we this is the first, uh, the first coalition we've done in a while. We did do a uh, loose coalition back in 2018 on Amendment 4, which was to give fellows the right to vote. And Libertarians and Greens worked together well before I got here back in 98. And this is, I know, a question you're going to ask. They got an amendment, or they helped to get an amendment added to the Constitution of Florida that basically gave us permanent ballot access. Mm. As long as we file our paperwork and things like that, who runs for president, who runs for governor, whatever, does not have an impact on whether political parties have ballot access in the state of Florida. So we do have that comfort zone there. There you um, go. So ranked choice voting, maybe in uh, 2022, um, especially if we see more Guys, uh, now you guys don't uh, recruit that ahead of time, right? As far as Green Party candidates, um, we we try to recruit, but you know, of course, we are we don't take corporate money, so we're a small party run by volunteers who are generally working class because there's no really career advantage to uh, to being a green. Mm-hmm. We do it because we believe policies. We believe that we, the world can be made a better place. Um, so we do work to recruit. We uh, we had a pretty good slate. This year round is uh, very disconcerting. We've got one candidate running as a write-in for U.S. Congress out in the second district of the Panhandle, um, but because of COVID and the requirements of raising money or getting petitions, uh, we were not able to get names on the ballot. I, in fact, myself didn't run for state rep and was not able to, uh, to get it done. Hmm. Okay. The reason why I was asking is because my mission as a as a podcaster uh, and also a YouTuber, uh, my YouTube is on a conversation with a socialist on YouTube. Um, now up until today, I had um, uh, interviews with. Uh, have you ever heard of a Robin uh, Brownfield? I'm sorry to say no, I've not. What state are they out of? I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry to say that I've not heard of them. What state are they out of? Oh, uh, I believe New Jersey. Uh, she, uh, All right. she's an artist that, uh, that did, uh, uh, some art, some art for, uh, Mallon Hoffman's, uh, auction that they did uh, in New Jersey a few months ago. Anyway, um, I, I, I bring this up because, uh, I, I, I have, uh, a, a quite, quite a few, uh, interviews on my YouTube channel, uh, involving Green member, uh, Green Party members and, and, and others. What I'm trying to do is um, eventually uh, trans uh, transport those uh, those interviews onto my podcast, but then make my YouTube channel uh, exclusively um, a news and promotion for Green Party and Socialists. And I bring this up because I I'm trying to uh, um, get a kind of a, a arrangement with the Green Party to be the um, promoting and the and and, uh, and interview uh, podcast. For the Green Party as a whole, not not just one state, but the, the entire nation. So that's why I'm asking because I, I don't know if you guys have a, a regular um, channel or, or po- a podcast that you guys can go on. I think you guys have one on um, uh, Spotify, but when last I checked, uh, it, w- it wasn't active up to about three weeks ago. When I do this, five days a week. So that's why I, I'm kind of. Yes, we do not have. Um we do not have a permanent channel. We've actually just begun dabbling with um, a YouTube channel, and we do have some content up there. But um, if you are interviewing Greens, then uh, please reach out to me on Twitter, and I will start posting your things to our YouTube, uh, our YouTube channel to uh, you know help fill out the content and make sure that uh, people know what you're doing. Exactly, and that, that's my plan as far as the park goes. And uh, I, I know that a part of, I know a part of Howie Hawkins' campaign is to um, unite the left. Um, and I, since I, I've noticed that he has, uh, the, uh, SPUSA nomination as well as the endorsement of Solidarity and other, well, Solidarity, I think they, I think they actually have a candidate uh, running right now, but I think the small, smaller group, um, has endorsed him. Um, also, I believe the SA's, uh, Social Alternative, um, have, uh, endorsed him as well. Um, and he's on record, uh, especially with the, uh, uh, on, on, on my podcast, I interviewed him uh, in, while he was in Columbus, uh, Ohio, nice. about, about three weeks ago, give or take. And when I mentioned the whole thing with uh, Sawan in Seattle and him trying to impeach her, basically, uh, he not only endorsed her, but also said that, uh, that, that the United Left should protect her. Great. So, I guess my point of the matter is, uh, uh, I, I'm trying to be... Uh, in to a certain degree, everywhere at, at once. Uh, I'm am wondering. Um, I'm I'm trying to uh, get like a, a affiliate of sorts in every state to get like a constant uh, feed of Green Party candidates that are willing to be on camera and podcast and all that stuff. So I'm wondering, would you happen to anybody in Florida that would be willing to do a podcast, an affiliate, uh, for conversations with a socialist? I will definitely think about it and keep my ear to the ground. Um, as I said, we don't have any candidates right now. We are um, searching around for um, for some people to run in uh, the municipal election starting next year. But mm-hmm. I definitely have to be close to that also. But I definitely will make sure that um, as we present the candidates that we uh, send them your way 100%. Okay. And um, use, use your, your uh, channel also as a way of recruiting, showing people that normal people can do this. Because that's the big help understand that normal people can and should be running for these offices. You 
Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, and recognize it. You know, I mean, I really feel like I spent some time in Tallahassee, and I really feel like I could randomly select, you know, a couple hundred people that I know and work with and have a group of people who are as competent as what we have in Tallahassee because only rich people and lawyers ever run for these offices. Yeah. Well, the good thing about as far as as far as my as far as my my podcast goes, it's only a dollar to to uh, to support, and you and if you if you don't uh, want to support with like you know a subscriber, uh, being a subscriber, uh, you can go to PayPal and just do that do it that way too. But uh, anyway, um, oh uh, yeah, how has uh, the COVID uh, pandemic been going on in uh, in Florida? I know it's been a hot spot. Uh, but has there been a mandate for for masks, or what's the update on that from your side? So um, our governor, DeSantis, um, decided to end the mandate um, a couple months ago, and he did it preemptively, saying basically that no locality can enforce a mandate. In my county, Palm Beach County, which is um, the home of Mar-a-Lago, where uh, Donald Trump is technically the, uh, the, uh, is technically a uh, resident, um, has seen huge spikes in uh, coronavirus, and we do have mass mandates and things like that, but last I knew, they were not allowed to enforce them legally. So there's a mass mandate, but the cop can't do anything to a business or a person or anything like that for not wearing a mask. Um, we are spiking like most of the rest of the country. I believe that we uh, had a couple of days ago the most cases in the, in the United States since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, it's bad here, and as a person who, uh, you know, I'm a working class person, I wait tables for a living. I wait tables literally a couple miles down the road from Mar-a-Lago. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's I, scary, man, let me tell you. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I, I saw that on your profile that you're a waiter and other things of that nature, too. What, what other things are you uh, are you doing as far as uh, not just a waiter, but uh, what is your other interest in regards to occupation or just uh, a green party? Or I'm, a, I'm a tech guy. I've always had a, a side gig uh, freelancing, um, you know, fixing computers for people, setting up systems for small businesses, um, you know, just tech support, things like that. So I've also, I've always got my side hustle going on. And um, also I used to, uh, until a few years ago, my partner and I, my ex-business partner and I, uh, ran a catering company. Um, so I definitely have um, um, my side hustles. But the thing about waiting tables, it's, it's uh, reliable money, you know, flexible yeah. schedule, and you're not constantly looking for a job as it is with, you know, as is in work, where you're constantly looking for a job. Well, I would imagine it's been uh, impacted uh, by this COVID, right? Um, yeah, actually, um, my, my side business is making me more money than I ever asked before because people need their computers to work. A lot of people had kind of abandoned their computers before COVID for their phones. And now with Zoom taking over and people need to do work from home and things like that, they're simply saying, wow, this computer doesn't work. I didn't know that. Or this computer's super <laughs> old. I'm not going to do one or, you know, whatever yeah. else. So, yeah. Um, it's definitely helped me so that I have to spend as much time uh, how's how has uh, global warming um, uh, affected uh, Florida recently? I mean, not, not just the past few years. We we already know how that's happened in the last few years, but like the you guys have bad storms as of late, or so we have had. Uh, this has probably been the rainiest um, summer that I remember in Florida. We've had constant rain. We've been lucky here in Palm Beach County that all these storms have going around us, poor Louisiana can be battered again and again and again, but, um, you know, this weather, this flood thing, um, you know, a friend of mine on her way home from work, drowned her car out at the foot of a bridge, 
Um, um, so you definitely see all the all the storms have an impact on Florida, and of course, you know, the old school stuff. You know, I mean, it rains, it, it floods on sunny days in Miami, which is just about an hour and a half south of me here. Um, we have big problems with the, the red tide algae bloom, where our where our beaches become foul and fish die and things like that. Um, and then we have a lot of just good old fashioned like pollution and um, and uh, environmental racism uh, above and beyond the long term effects of uh, global warming. Like right now, we're looking to take on the sugar industry, which uh, in Florida has this habit of burning the sugar cane, which is an antiquated uh, practice. And they do it in such a way that basically they do it right outside the black community. And if the wind is blowing towards the rich white community, they're not allowed to do it. If it's blowing towards, down towards the, the poor black people, then they're allowed to do it. Um, you're seeing horrible respiratory issues. The Grist actually did a really good article on it recently. Um, you know, kids being locked into schools because the air quality is so bad they can't get out. It's, there's, yeah. a of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know. Actually, I think Howie Hawkins touched on that last night in the... Uh and in a pretty cool uh, debates. I think I remember, like... Yeah, we've been talking with... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that there, there, there's a part in there that I think there was a, what are you going to do about climate change or what are your plans to, to, to go after or something to that effect. And I think that he he went into uh, the whole uh, Green New Deal uh, aspect of things. And Now, I have to admit, with Howie Hawkins, and I, I recently saw... Uh, now, I, I didn't realize he was a, he was a lecturer, uh, but he, he's done a couple of lectures in, in the past few years that I could see. Uh, the last one I saw was about the Green New Deal, about the um, details amongst it, uh, not necessarily uh, particularly... Uh, some details were left out, but that could be for time constraints. But uh, otherwise, it's... He has exactly where, where where he wants to focus on. He has exactly what the, the amount of money that will require to to go for it, where the money would come from. I have Bernie Sanders didn't have that kind of detail. I mean, we gotta remember this is an important important point to me. Um, you know, <laughs> I I don't hit on Bernie Sanders as much as a lot of people do. Um, um, regardless of whether you're sheepdogging or not, he brought a lot of issues to the forefront that people are talking about. There's a speech that. Um, Cortez gave, where she basically said that when she watched Bernie made her realize that she deserves better than what this country is giving her. And Bernie did that for a lot of people. But I've moved beyond Bernie. I've moved to the left of Bernie. Yeah. And, um, and as far as the Green New Deal goes, like, I want to point out to everyone, I remind everyone that in 2016, Bernie Sanders did not run on the Green New Deal. He ran against the Green New Deal. In 2016, Bernie Sanders did not run on ending student debt. He ran against it. He wanted to refit finance student loans at today's yeah. low prices. So when you look at people like the squad, who in 2018, between 2016 and 2020, ran on these policies, you didn't get them from Bernie Sanders. You got them from Jill Stein. You know, uh, uh, Cortez was, what, 28 when she got elected? That means that Jill Stein had been running on these policies for eight years yeah. by the time that... Well, I mean, that, that Cortez the, the, the first person that ran on it was, was, uh, was Howie Hawkins. Howie. And as far as I know about it, he was, he, the whole Green New Deal as, uh, uh, formula came from England. Uh, there was like a, a commission based in England, uh, I'm, I, I've been trying to get a hold of them too, to interview them, because they were the grassroots, if you will, of the, of the whole plan. Uh, obviously it was, um, there were uh, changes done to it to, uh, to be implemented here, but 
there was a whole commission down there. There's all kinds of books that were written about it down in England. And I'm like, oh. I don't know that history. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I think okay. I remember three of my friend mentioned it that were they considering as part of like a plan partially for reparations to their former colonies that they had so abused, like to use the the technology that they developed to give to these countries that they had that they had exploited in the past. You may be right, but I'm not. Sure, I'm not completely sure. But uh, when I, the parts I remember reading up on was the fact that it originated from from the Green Party in England. But I also understand that the Green Party as a whole was uh, in the United States was based on the German uh, version of Green Party, which, as far as I checked, is actually in quite a few parliament, parliamentary seats. So now, same thing with uh, with uh, Bolivia has a, a socialist uh, president now. Um, basically the same party that, that won the last the last go around, except this time they won pretty much a landslide. Uh, right, because of... Well, because, because of, of fake news. Right. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't news, it was a uh, fake dossier, if you will. Almost like the steel it's dossier. Shocking to me. It's shocking to me that no one's facing any consequences. I mean, you know, they, they, they overthrew that election. came out a few months later that the claims of... Um, of um, election fraud were false on their face. Yeah. Um, people reelected the party overwhelmingly. Yeah. The only the, price for that. The only question because the last go around they got barely ten percent uh, more than the threshold. This time they got far more than that. I think uh, the, that party got like sixty four seats out of like 80 or something like that, and the conservatives won about maybe six, no, 36 uh, as far as the parliamentary, uh, but they got blasted out of the park in, in every single province or whatever else. And lo and behold, the only the only people uh, uh, ready for friends like you're talking about it are uh, Angela and Howie. Um, exactly, yes. Um, uh, and Howie, and uh, did you watch the, uh, the free, free legal uh, debate last night? Unfortunately, not as important last night. Oh, uh, okay. Well, just like the first time, he was the only one wearing a mask. Nobody else was. And my, my first thought is, okay, you guys know the risk. There's at least two of them on stage, uh, well, maybe more than two. Uh, uh, um, oh, gosh. Gloria uh, LaRiva and the guy from uh, the uh, Solidarity Party. Both are in their 60s, at least. Uh, don't know what uh, their under their uh, their health issues are, but they're in that they're in the age range. They're in that shape range. So I don't know, Even but they're not. What about your family, your friends? You exactly. Know, exactly. You want to become a super spreader? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, okay, well, whatever. I mean, Howie Hawkins is the only one that's actually taking any safe precautions on this, so, whatever, okay, nobody's gotten sick so far, that's good, unlike the, uh, unlike the presidential, uh, 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 the presidential debates between Biden, 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 and Donald Dump, um, yeah, okay, <laughs> I, I, I just can't, uh, get over this whole, um, thing with Bernie Sanders, I'm sorry, I just can't, like, you know, he knew, that it was a corporation. Yeah, he tried to run, knowing he would never get it. That is, to me, that that is the most sincere form of sheepdogging. If you know ahead of time. 
I, 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 you know, I'm going to give Bernie a little bit of, I mean, I, I do believe that Bernie was in effect with the sheepdog, and um, I do believe that Bernie has drunk the two-party poison and believes that people being inside the Democratic Party is better than people being non-voters or Republicans. And I do believe that when he ran for office, when he, when he, I mean, I've heard him say that I'm pretty sure that he didn't expect to get any traction whatsoever. He just wanted to have another point of well, exactly. Yeah. Well, have you seen, you've seen the Dark Knight? Uh, Batman, Dark Knight. Uh, Heath Ledger plays the Joker. Oh, there's a part in there that uh, that I remember, and it, it kind of goes with the politics as well, uh, especially the Green Party. It's not about the money; it's about sending a message. And I think that Bernie Sanders kind of went both ways on that. Uh, but I also think that, um, I think that Howie Hawkins is proving that it's more about the message and getting it out than it is about the money. Absolutely. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, also, I think that it's not just about sending a message, it's about power. Um, I think that it's important that um, Howie's running the election campaign, and it's really regretful that so much is going on right now that is hamstringing that campaign with mm-hmm. COVID especially and, you know, Trump derangement syndrome and uh, everything that goes with that. But, um, it's, to me, it's not just about sending a message. It's about building an alternate power structure that can take on the corporate duopoly and give people a place to go to not be co-opted. Um, you know, you go join the, you go join the, even the progressive Dems, the PDAs, and you know, you're a dem. Um, you know, oh, yeah. you know where the money's coming from. You know what your bread is buttered on. If you get elected, you know, I, when I, this is uh, one of my uh, things I used to say when I was running for office is, you know, when I, when I, when I, I just run as a dem, why would I run as a green? My response to that is, you know, if I run as a dem, I can call myself independent as I want, as I want, whatever. But if I'm on, if I'm sitting in the state house in Tallahassee, I'm a lonely first-year representative, and I got elected as a dem, and freaking Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi calls me because they want something from me, I've got to take that call. Yeah. You know, I've just got to because I'm a dem and mm-hmm. they help me get, get me elected. And that's, you know, and maybe I'll take that call and, and have this deal in my spine to say, no, go screw yourself. I'm not doing that. But I don't know that I would, especially if I literally owed them something. Yeah. You know, whereas with the Green Party, um, I owe corporate money and, um, you know, and we're decentralized. So there's not, it's not that top down. We expect you to fall in the line because you get a call from some of them. Represent our values. If I get elected and I um, and I stop holding to our values, then my party denounces me and makes it clear that you know I don't uphold those green values. But at the same time, um, you know they don't get to uh, hang money over my head or things like that. Yeah. Well, at least you can say you're not with them. As long, as long as the pun got in there, it's all good with me on that one. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, well, I only got a few more minutes. Uh, the uh, the the uh, podcast on my phone that I usually do this on uh, only t- only uh, does about thirty to thirty-two minutes to allow me to put it up. Otherwise, it's a lost cause. I don't know. I, this, is my, this is my first time actually using this computer for a, for a podcast, so I'm not sure. Where this will land yet? Oh, so, <laughs> so, uh, are are there any uh, websites you want to plug other than uh, maybe uh, with a, uh, would it be flgreens.org? Yeah, 
they'll be GPFL, Green Party FL for Florida, dot O-R-G. And I do want to push another initiative that we're working on because we were not able to get as many candidates on the ballot as we hoped to this year. We're working on a different angle in trying to get um, legislation before legislators and to get them to support it and promote it. Our first bill out of the gate is to rename five statewide holidays that are in statute that currently represent the Confederacy or, um, or um, colonizers, like um, Jefferson Davis's birthday, um, Lee's birthday, Confederate Memorial Day. We've got a day that basically celebrates Ponce de Leon and Columbus Day, and we um, want to get those renamed. In the state legislature, uh, we've got at least two and maybe several more sponsors. We have one in the House and one in the, um, in the Senate on the state level. So if you want to support that effort, you can go to Bills for Florida, B-I-L-S, number four, Florida. Uh, sounds good. Uh, thanks for the plug on that one. And also, uh, to my listeners uh, who want to know if there's any Green Party members going for local, state, and federal elections uh, in your part of, the, uh, part of the neck of the woods, you can go to uh, gp.org slash elections, and it should uh, bring you down to every everybody that is running uh, for November 3rd. Um, I've done roll calls, uh, as I call them, uh, at least twice already this week. Uh, naming out people that are running and where and for what. And I, I usually do that at least once or twice a week. Um, and I'll be doing that during the primaries as well, during the midterms as well. Uh, pretty much anything and everything I can do to promote the uh, the Green Party I do. Uh, same thing with socialists and other, uh, and other uh, organizations like that. So, anyway. Thank you so much. And one last shout-out to Kim O'Connor, running uh, for the 2nd Congressional District as a write-in. Um, so if you live in that district, you can write it in Kim O'Connor. How it looks. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for being here. Uh, I look forward to talking Thank to you again. So much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad and we're. Yes, um, anytime you want to, reach out. <laughs> Will do. Thank you very much. Uh, let uh, others know uh, that uh, that I'm here to be to interview them. And they are either running or they have uh, some legislation they want to try to get on as far as like county or whatever the heck the case may be, you know, just whatever. Uh, as I said, I'm here to promote and interview. And, uh, yeah, uh, don't forget, if you uh, like my content, uh, then drop a dollar in that tip jar. Uh, go to paypal.me slash leftist, uh, capital G-A-P network. Uh, also, uh, if you want to be a subscriber, it's a 99 cents to be a subscriber here as well on Anchor. Uh, thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Calvin. You have a great day. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you uh, enjoyed what you heard. Uh, once again, if you want to drop a dollar in that tip jar, go to paypal.me slash couple L aptist, couple G A P network, that's a couple N, or you become a subscriber by going to uh, anchor.fm slash combo and socialism. Uh, thanks for listening and peace out for now.